Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to chsrhealthylife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. chsrhealthylife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Live. I'm Marianne Camarado, and, and like I always say, great relationships begin within. Our guest today not only knows that, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. For 35 years, Winifred Riley has been teaching people how to be in relationships, starting with themselves. She's written a new book for us. We're going to be talking about it today. It takes one to tango, challenging that uh, old uh, meme that we've had that takes two to tango. Uh, you want to stay tuned for this show. In the meantime, let's get here. On Marian Live, one of the things we love to do is support you cultivating and deepening your existing practice, turning all of the information that you've gathered, collected, that hasn't quite become an embodied experience in your everyday life. How do we do that? We do it through practice. It's something that we know, but we encourage you here to take the time to do that. Real simple things like the beginning of every show, we invite you to arrive, to land, to become present in this moment, and that could just be as simple as turning your attention towards your breath, right? Just finding where in your body your breath is apparent to you. It could be in your chest, your throat. You might feel the air coming through your nostrils, maybe in your belly. And with some intention, along with that noticing, just allowing your breath to soften, even if it's slightly Allowing your breath to get a little bit more full, depending on what you're doing. If you're jogging, that might be an interesting <laughs> scenario. Although, deeper breath gives you a greater uh, rush of endorphins, as they say. If you're driving, making sure you've got that dual awareness going on, trusting your cerebellum knows what to do, but we don't want to turn our attention away from those kinds of tasks. But just in some way, pausing to notice your breath is a way to get present. And I'll tell you, in my experience, being present is so much better when we are going to receive presents, like from our guest today, Winifred Riley, who's coming bearing gifts, so many, because, oh, my gosh, relationships are often challenging for those of us who actually want to be in a healthy one. which comprises millions of folks. So if you've tuned in today, you're definitely in the right place. The other practice we would encourage you to do at the top of the program here is find the portal of gratitude. 
noticing that this is not always an easy thing to do, for sure. It's not so easy to snap your fingers. I'm grateful. So I encourage you to do that by asking you the following question, which is who helped you do what you're doing right now? Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Your list might be overwhelming, but certainly when you start moving down and into that portal, your perspective starts to shift, widen, deepen. The microscope for me gets pulled out. I start to get a perspective on my life, gratitude, grateful for breath, for the food in my belly, for the electronic device you're using that you can hear, see, going through your senses. Just find any place that occurs to you and just spend some time there offering, as with a meta meditation or a loving kindness meditation, just some gratitude to those people, places, sentient beings, Mother Nature herself, whatever feels good. And following that path, we're going to go down the short list. I have the folks who make this program possible, not the least of which is HealthyLife.net Radio, Jay McKenzie, uh, Linda McKenzie and Jay Cruz, making uh, positive talk radio available for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Giant gratitude. Eleven years later, we are still here in service to you, helping you attract and create healthy fulfilling, sustainable relationships right here on Marian Live. Also at the global level, the One World Children's Fund.org. If you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. Check them out online for more information. 100% of the proceeds goes to their programming, as well as at the national level, the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. This program is made possible by the National Action Organization. And at the local level, the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation and probably have a copy or ten of Winifred Riley's new book, It Takes One to Tango, for joining us today. So let's turn our attention now away, just slightly away from the breath and the gratitude and that you are here and poised and ready for our guest today um, who's joining us, who, by the way, is a psychotherapist specializing in um, marital therapy and relationship issues. She's got a private practice in Berkeley, California, and in her 35 years of clinical practice, she has treated hundreds of couples, many of who are convinced they are headed for divorce. Um, Winifred has been a guest lecturer on the marriage and sexuality, uh, on marriage and sexuality, and her writing has appeared in the Huffington Post, The Good Men Project, XO Jane, and her blog, Speaking of Marriage, which we'll find out more about a little bit later in the program. But for now, do you want to know what happens when your marriage is broken, but you're the only one who wants to fix it? Well, we've all heard it takes two to make a marriage better, but therapist Winifred Riley Notice that waiting for her change-averse husband to leap up and joyfully embrace her grand plans for remodeling her marriage wasn't working out any better than uh, for her than it was for her clients. So she decided to try to rescue her own marriage herself, even though she had no idea what it would take. Like most couples, uh, she works with, she wanted a happier marriage, not a divorce. Now she gives us practical, effective, empowering alternatives to taking ourselves 
to, to talking ourselves blue in the face. We're so glad you're here, Winifred. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, what a great book. I'll tell you, I was making notes, underlining this and that, and I, I just can't hear enough about it because the thing is, we're relational creatures. Indeed. Everything is about relationships. So we know what inspired you to write this book, which I absolutely love, the If I Can Do It, You Can Too model. Seriously, I think that it's the way of the future, and so often people want their experts to have personal experience with the hardships many of us face. Absolutely. One of the things that I say to my clients when I'm suggesting something that seems hard is that I, I really can truly tell them I'm not asking you to do anything that I didn't do myself. Isn't that the truth? Because the, the, the thing is, is oftentimes we feel like when we go to the doctor and they dispense information, we're like, we want to say in the back of your mind, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I remember when I was a kid and my male doctor tried to give me, I don't know, I think birth control pills or something for hormones. And I said, have you ever had your period? And he said, no, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it kind of does, so, right? So there you were. Uh, I mean, that's sort of an aside. But still, we, we are looking to the people that we find like yourself to help us. And when you've got your own personal experience, it really makes a difference. What was the main um, concern or difficulty you had in your own marriage, Winifred, that, that sought you to, to really try something else? Yeah, my husband and I were a pair of serious arguers. We didn't, uh, we never, we were never mean particularly, but we were ridiculous and we would argue about anything. Actually, at some point I thought, no, actually we will argue about everything. You know, it's just, um, we're both stubborn. We both, uh, we both like being right. You know, it's not a great combination right. to, to have two kind of strong-headed people who, you know, don't know how to let go. Right. And so we would go around and around about just who knows what. I mean, I can, we don't fight much anymore, so when I think back, it's hard to really conjure it, but I can just sort of see kind of the cartoon of blah, 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 back, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? right. kind of like, like, you know, fill in the cartoon bubble with some nonsense, you yeah, know. And so when exactly. I watch couples in my office arguing about where should we put the olive oil? I think it should go in the cabinet. Well, I use it every day. I think it should stay on the counter. This is something that they will spend time yeah. seriously engaged in. Yeah. I think we should go left. It's faster when you take the frontage road. Just all this nonsense. Yeah. And so that was more the kind of stuff we didn't actually fight about big things. We didn't fight about money. We mostly agreed about how to raise the kids. It was just nonsense. Yeah. Control, really power and control nonsense. Yeah. And so we were engaged in that to, to, a, to a level where I really, I, it didn't occur to me. I actually, it's sort of funny now when I think about it. I had no idea that it's like being in a tug of war and all you have to do is drop your end of the rope. Yeah, right. Well, and we're going to get to that in a little while, like how do we deal with this. Here's the thing that I noticed over the years with folks that I've worked with. The thing that seems to be the most bewildering is what happened. What happened? We used to get along. What happened? We used to like each other. How come it's not like it was in the beginning? Where, where do we become disillusioned? You talk about this in your book as this, that sort of honeymoon phase where all your similarities become this sort of warm, fuzzy place, making 
are the things that are dissimilar actually quite painful. Yeah. So we all have what what we talk about as, as a first disillusionment, that initially we thought we are perfectly matched. You drink orange juice. I drink orange juice. I like the sunset. You know, just all that stuff that is just miraculous that we finally found somebody who's so much like us and we're so in love. And I think that that stuff is great. You know, you really need to start out with this sense of I have found somebody who is perfect for me. And then you discover, well, the person is perfect for me except for this thing. Oh, what am I going to do about Mm -hmm. this thing? Uh, God, you know, she puts so much food in her mouth and she chews it. Does really not look so... Or they scratch, or or they clear their throat all the time, or or they're kind of cheap and you know they they were not polite to the wait staff. You just start to see things, and a lot of people at that point will say, "Nah, this isn't the person for me. I'm moving on." Mm. Um, but you know, if you do that enough, you you know you're 60 years old and you've all you've done is move on, and you've never actually let anyone into your life. You've never. You know, because no one is ever going to find somebody who doesn't possess something that would be disappointing to them. Yeah, well, and also your your ability to tolerate, you know, the diversity of, of ways of being, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's like I, you know, I think about it as nobody is ever going to live life exactly as I do. Yeah. And so, so, so we have these disappointments, and, and then rather than say, oh, yeah, this is the inevitable thing that happens after the honeymoon. We discover who we actually are. I like all this stuff about you. There's some stuff I don't like. Rather than accept that as a normal, necessary, unavoidable next step, people think something is wrong. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, people phone me and they say, you know, we're really in trouble. Uh, we, we need some help. What's the problem? Two of us are really different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I bet you are. <laughs> you know? And, and, and it's like, you know, tell me about it. You know, difference is difficult. So we can laugh about it, but this stuff is yeah. hard. You know, I mean, there have been tons of stuff written about people fighting over, you know, who they're going to vote for for the president. I mean, yeah. there oh, were yeah. people were, this was, you know, I had somebody who, threatened she was going to divorce if her husband didn't vote the way she wanted. And we worked that out, but that that's the kind of stuff people freak out about. Yeah, right. So here we are. We're, we're in this sort of the milieu or the, or, the, or the fog or fuzz. We know something's wrong. We are no longer in the honeymoon phase. We've been able to tolerate it, and then so, suddenly we, we just can't take it anymore. Then the next step uh, that you talk about, not necessarily in this order, but in your new book, by the way, if you're just joining us, it takes one to tango, according to Winifred Riley, who's joining us today, um, a couples therapist who's uh, here to help. Um, at, at some point, we need to assess what's actually going on, the problem or difficulty, which can feel overwhelming and maybe not necessarily like there's one thing. How do we do that? Well, you know, we all think we know what's going on. People phone and they say, our problem, we have com- it's a communication problem. And to me, that's code. That's a secret code. I'm letting this speak out of that. It's a secret code for we have power and control struggles. We're, we're, we, we are vying for who's um, 
who's right, we're vying for, you know, we're, we're, we're not tolerant of listening to each other. So we're in, in it's a power control struggle. It's, it's kind of like a tug of war, and it's also um, I want you to say what I want you to say. I don't like what you're saying. And so, you know, there's this way in which people don't really know what they're actually fighting about. Mm-hmm. People are fighting about... You know, it's like, it's like people have a list of things that are the real issues people fight about. They yeah. fight about sense of self. You say that and it makes me feel bad about myself. You know, it's like if you're not securing yourself and your partner says, why are you why are you stirring the spaghetti sauce counterclockwise? Don't you know that tomatoes like to be stirred clockwise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. you, your sense of self. It's like, don't you think I'm smart? I have a friend who said when her husband said, don't forget to put napkins on the table when you're setting it. <laughs> her first reaction is, what do you think I am, an idiot? And then she realizes, you know, it's just him kind of in his bossy kind of way. So we fight about things that, that pick on our wobbly sense of self. We fight about our old issues, battles we lost as children that we're hoping to win as adults. We fight about uh, influence and resistance to influence. You're not listening. Well, yeah, I don't agree with you. It's kind of the brick wall stuff or a steamroller stuff, people yelling all over each other. We fight about trust. We fight about commitment. Well, and another tricky one that's interesting is goal attainment. People fight about um, we never get anything done. He's not doing his taxes. The attic is a mess. We can't get it done. The kids don't get out the door in time. People don't realize that that's a theme. Mm-hmm. And so so our fights have these big themes, but they're never about the content. Mm-hmm. You will never figure out, the, you know, the right place to put the olive oil. Mm-hmm. Someone will just finally say, good, put it the place you like, mm-hmm. or you'll keep arguing about it. And so people think they know what they're fighting about, but they aren't. And so when they actually identify what is really going on here, you actually then know what you actually have to fix. How does your book help us assess those things? Well, I talk about, um, I, I talk a lot about how different couples figured it out, how yeah. you ask the question. I, this is the question I ask in therapy and I talk about in the book. For people to pause and say, what's really going on here? And sometimes in therapy with clients, I will say, and they don't know the answer, so I say, tell me all the things that are true. And what that means is, what's true? I'm really annoyed about what my wife just said. Uh, I'm getting really agitated. I feel really helpless. I feel despairing. We fight about this all the time. I think she never listens to me. And, and I said, good, start there. When you're in the middle of one of these things, just stop and say, here we are in this the conversation that leaves me feeling so hopeless. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't influence you at all. I don't know what to do. It makes me angry. Like to step outside and go to the big picture and have a meta-conversation about the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also talk about how people can identify... A, a, a suppressed piece of their own voice. Mm-hmm. 
something that is unspoken and something that needs to be said, then sometimes there's also people who just need to shut up and they need to stop, uh, you know, being a steamroller. But often people have a lot of things that are unsaid and they're afraid to say them. You know, and so I say to people, take a breath and, and say what's true. You know, what's true is I'm tired of you humiliating me or I'm tired of you telling, shaming the kids. This isn't going to work. I don't like this. So people are afraid to speak up. They think it's, it's going to rock the boat. They think their partner is going to be mad at them or is going to say, well, fine, if you don't do it my way, we're going to have a divorce. So people just shut up and then they start to live in a small way. Mm-hmm. Right, because I was thinking when you were saying earlier, th- these are the things we fight about as a way to identify uh, things that are in discord or identify the problem. Sometimes people aren't fighting, and it's not so obvious. Sometimes people do the opposite. They shut down, That's and, they, right. and they leave little by little, and you can just feel the, the, the ocean that is suddenly between you. Yeah, I remember that line from the movie Sideways where they're sitting in a cafe and they look over and the guy is thinking about getting married and he says, what if we become like that couple, the couple that is the dining dead? Yes, right. You know, that, yeah. that, that being the dining dead and people sit there, they bring books to the restaurant, they don't say anything, they don't talk about stuff, everything's under the rug. I had a client who used to have dreams that she'd get up in the morning and the, the kitchen floor had big bumps and it was because there was all this stuff unspoken under the floor, under the rug. And, and so what people there have to do is center themselves, have some courage, take a risk. You know, I don't, I, I don't say take a giant flying leap. Mm-hmm. I say take one small step. Take a breath and say, this bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. The people, you know, we don't change in giant leaps. I know there's lots of big inspirational posters that tell us, mm-hmm. just take a big yeah, giant leap. do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take a tiny step, especially when you're really fearful. It, you know, we don't, we don't, it, it, we're not going to really honor ourselves. If, if, you're, if you're a conflict avoidant type of person, you have to just take a breath and decide which risk are you going to take. I yeah. think that our relationships uh, stay very stuck if we don't take any risks, if we don't step out of our comfort That's zone. Right. All right. Breathe into that. It's okay. Yes, we are going to take a leap into a commercial break right here. We're going to be back, though. Don't worry. More with Winifred Riley. She's written a book. It takes one to tango when we return right here on Marion Live back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. 
We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Refresh. Winifred Riley's in the house. She's talking with us about her new book, uh, it takes one to tango how I rescued my marriage with almost no help from my spouse and how you can too. That's what we're talking about today. So uh, during the break, Winifred, you and I were talking about a couple of things that sometimes you become so resentful you just get stuck, right? You just feel like, uh I cannot move forward. Tired of being the only one who does anything. Exactly. Let's speak to that, and then we're going to talk about the other piece, um, which is actually, you know, what happens uh, when, when, how does change actually happen, right? And if you're the only one instigating it. Okay. So, so this the, this book is really, I promise, it's not about uh, the notion of bloom where you're planted. Or, you know, just just never mind the things that bother you or, you know, just just suck it up, like all those terrible phrases, grin and bear it, suck it yeah. up. It's nothing like that. It's about power. It's about empowering yourself to take the lead. It's not about living under miserable conditions and telling yourself it's the best you can do. I, I, I got a, I, I, I get fan mail, which is really fun when you write a book. Yeah. And, you know, and I get from people who said, I didn't believe it at first. And then I started, I just realized that if I didn't do anything, everything was going to stay stuck. Yeah. So I ta- started to change the ways I respond. And I started to change how I attend to my spouse. And things are better, actually, some guy wrote to me, things are better, like, in two weeks. I'm starting to see a huge difference. It doesn't take that much when we start to change the things that we already know aren't working. And so it's really not, it's not a a resentful state. When I decided to take charge, it was freeing. It was exactly 
exhilarating. I thought, finally, I'm not just Yahoo. I'm not just sitting around waiting for my husband to want to sit down and have a long conversation about the State of the Union. This is not what this man does. Yeah. It's a lovely, wonderful guy. But it, it was like, it's like, why are you complaining? Everything's okay. Yeah, we argue, so what? And it, it was just bothersome. I wanted to make a change. I wanted it to be different. So I stopped. I stopped engaging on that hamster wheel. This was liberating. This was not something that I resented doing. And I stopped having these long conversations about let's talk about our relationship. I got on with it. He was greatly relieved. A lot of men don't like those conversations. Yeah. Well, um, some women don't either. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody really wants to be judged or, or, you know, made to feel bad, certainly. I don't, I don't care what gender you are or sexual preference sure. that you think you are. But here's the thing that that it begs the question, and then we'll get on to the, the, the just the way I am, and you know, you're, you're the only one in this game. Um, that uh, you know, I think that interestingly, um, <clears throat> many people feel like that relationships just should be just like in the movies. I know that sounds really oversimplistic, but we we really do have this expectation that love conquers all. Let's just go back to the way things were, and we keep grappling to try to get somewhere that doesn't That's exist right. anymore. Right, right. You yeah. know, it was, it's an important first stage. I sometimes say to people, it's really a good thing for you to remember that before you got into all this crap, the two of you adored each other. Yeah. It's useful to be able to hold. There were things about each other that we were really precious. Yeah. Um, you know, but we get entangled in our stuff for all the reasons that I said, our old, our old issues, our wobbly sense of self, yeah. our misunderstanding about power and control and letting go. Yeah. And so we get into all this stuff, and then the relationship is, is cr- feels crummy. But, but, I, but it's, it's, it's relationships uh, develop, and so the stage of the second stage of development is actually a struggle stage where we have to struggle to be present with our differences and learn to tolerate them, yeah. to learn to accept them. You know, it's not being happy about, I'm not happy that my husband is messy, and he's not happy that I take too long to get out the door, but... But we just know that these are these are the things we're going to deal with for a lifetime. Right. Okay, so I'm going to jump in and say, okay, so you've got two people. One of them may be more tolerant than the other. One of them may think, what's the problem? This is just right. the way I am. I've always been like this. What's your problem? You didn't used to mind that I traveled or watched pornography or smoked pot every once in a while, and now suddenly you don't like that about me? You've changed. You know what I mean? This yeah, whole yeah. dynamic makes us feel... Oh my gosh, I'm alone. It's not really happening. I'm crazy. What's wrong with me? Maybe I am hormonal. You know, we go through this whole thing. Whoever, whichever per- person that's not feeling like they can tolerate this, that happens in relationships, right? It polarizes. It I think it happens. It happens for a couple reasons. One is that in the beginning of relationships, we don't talk about the stuff that bothers us. We don't even pay attention. Yeah. Right. To the stuff that bothers us. I'm too busy being enamored of the way my husband moves yeah. his eyebrow when he smiles, you know, and I'm not yeah. really thinking about what it's going to be like to live with a million books and papers. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he only shoots heroin occasionally. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know, but, but then you get, but then you get people and they say, you know, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I challenge that one right out of the gate. No, no, no. Who you are is your essential self. What you do is something you can change. Mm. You, we, we, nobody's asking you to be 
essentially a different person. We're asking you to put your shoes away. It's not the same thing. And so people fall back on, but I am what I am, and you used to love me. And, you know, we can still love somebody who drives us nuts. It's not really an issue of love, although we conflate them. How can I love somebody who's such a pain in the butt? But but really, we have to struggle that out and figure out, you know, I, 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 sometimes I think, ask yourself, what's it like to be in a relationship with me? Not so much focused on what's it like to be in a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. What am I like as a relator? Oh, I'm annoying in this way. Oh, I, I interrupt. Um, oh, I'm very affectionate, but boy, when, when I'm mad, I shut down like a, like a vault. Like these are the things for us to focus on. You want to have a better relationship, look at what you do that gets in the way and start to work on that. Never mind what your spouse is doing. This is the, this is the one to tango part. Right. And, and then let's talk about, because your book does break this down for you. Let's talk about, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. This is huge. How am I ever, now I've identified it. Now it's out there. We know. And I don't know. If this is going to actually work. He doesn't really want to. She doesn't really want to. It's intermittent sometimes. You have a chapter in there about, look it, this is not perfection here. This is progress, right? You're going to fail more times than you're going to succeed here. Yes, what do you want to say about that? Yes, it's a wonderful phrase, right? Just that it's like it's the Japanese proverb, fall seven times, stand up eight. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. We practice changing. We practice finding our voice. We practice yielding. We practice tolerance. Um, we learn, we, we start to ask ourselves intelligent questions like, why am I latching on to this unimportant deal? Why am I picking on my partner's every word? How about if I let go? It really, there's a lot of letting go in really a kind of a positive, like, why am I hanging on to this kind of way? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a scary prospect to suspend the two-to-tango paradigm. We're so steeped in it. We think, oh, marriage is 50-50. You have to meet each other halfway. You have, you know, it's like we're full of those, those, those seemingly truisms, but actually change, all change occurs when one person takes a first mm-hmm. step. Somebody yeah. takes a first step. People don't simultaneously, spontaneously both say, how about if we get new window curtains? Like, it's just somebody has an idea. My husband is always sending me little little texts, little things. He really likes to travel. He likes to travel more than I do. I would say that three times a week I get, how does this look? Some island, Pacific. You know, he's got ideas. He's putting them out. How about we do this? You know, and so, so one person takes the lead in most change. Yeah, when we get back after the break, we're going to talk more about that, how one person can quiet the whole relationship ecosystem. Is that you? Is that what needs to happen? Well, when we return, we're going to have more tips and insight from our guest today, Winifred Riley, right here on Marion Live. It takes one to tangle back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. 
Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net Hi, everybody. Welcome back. One of the things that I was thinking about, Winifred, by the way, if you're just joining us, Winifred Riley's in the house. She's talking about her new book, It Takes One to Tango. One of the things we talked about right before the break and that I was thinking about when I was reading your book is, you know, who said relationships are easy? I mean, I don't know anybody really who's just breezed on through. And the ones that have, I, I've interviewed anybody I can get my hands on since I'm 18 years old. I ask, how, what made your relationship great? I've been fascinated with relationships my entire life. And honestly, those people said a lot of work, a lot of love, and a lot of luck. You know, those three categories. But the idea... That our expectations are that this shouldn't be hard or shouldn't be work. Let's dispel that myth before we move further, Absolutely. or at least talk Hallelujah. about it. You know, it's so it's so disempowering. You know, if if people say, you know, if if, if it's this hard, something must be wrong. Yes. It must be easier for other people. And then I laugh and I say, yeah, despite the fact that everyone you know. It, you know, half the people are in, in couples counseling, the other half thinking about getting a divorce. Yeah. You hear your next-door neighbors fighting through the wall, and then still in your mind, everyone else is having an easier time than yeah. we are. Right. And let's just, just look on Facebook, right? Blissfully married on Facebook. <laughs> you know, and so let's just say it right out. Relationships are hard. Yes. They're hard for predictable reasons. We have ridiculous expectations uh, we have some many of us have terrible role models uh, we lack skills we, it's, we step into relationships assuming what like we're going to be good at it like like you put on ice skates and you go on the ice and then you're supposed to just skate mm-hmm. you know so we have to learn and we have to learn how to do it with different a different partner mm-hmm. what worked in one relationship is you know you're, you're with a different Person And so, yes, relationships are difficult, and I think that can be uh, really discouraging for people, and then they just think they're doing it wrong. But, but if you take, if, if you look at, you know, what is the most difficult aspect of your relationship, you have some control over that. Yeah. I know that we all think, 
well, how can I control my partner smokes too much weed? I, you know, she talks on, she, she's got a nose in her iPhone all the time. You know, the, we, we don't change other people. We change how we respond. We change our requests. We change the way we interact. We take risks. We talk about it. You don't put things under, under the rug. You look at what you do. You know, I had a couple where he was constantly complaining that his wife just was spending all her time playing Angry Birds or something. And, and the question was, how often do you walk up to her, put your arms around her, and say, how about you and I go for a walk? How, how often do you actually invite her? How, 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 I, I sometimes say, make her an offer she can't refuse. Like, what is it that you're doing? Well, I just gave up. So when we give up, we end up with this lowest common denominator set of things that aren't very good. It's interesting. It reminds me that one of the things my husband used to do to relieve his stress, we went, we went through this really difficult period not so long ago, um, it had nothing to do with our relationship. It certainly put pressure on our relationship. And he kept playing this, uh, what do you call it, a backgammon game online. <laughs> and I would walk by and I'd be like, what is he doing? And then I, you know, I, my default is to ask myself then, what, what, what about that is bothering you, Marianne? You know, and I love your point. It's like, well, why don't I invite him out? Or even before that, get curious. Get curious. I, yeah. That's the word. I asked him, and sincerely, here's the thing. I can't fake this. I can't shroud it with, you know, pretend curiosity. Like, I really wanted to understand. He must have been getting something out of it. And sure enough, it was actually sort of saving his sanity. Yeah. He shared with me, he's like, this is a transactional experience. Life and has not beginning and end. That's right. And I can win something. Right now I feel like I'm losing something. Go. So it makes me cry thinking about it. I have goosebumps. He's like, yeah. I feel like I'm losing everything in this one area. I can yeah, win here. You have this lovely, lovely, intimate moment right, right there, which could have been an argument. Yeah. And, and there you go. That's the, there's the one to tango. You got centered. You decided to come from an open, curious yeah. place. You cared about him. Sure, it's driving you nuts. You're thinking, why in the hell is he doing this? <laughs> and you move toward him. Unilaterally, you move toward and say, so what is this? What, yeah. Tell me what's going on. Exactly. And then, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that somebody's going to open up to, they'll say, I'm miserable. Yeah. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to, I'm barely surviving mm -hmm. here. And then you love them. Yeah. You know, you're connecting with them. Yeah. And then it's interesting, because we did that, eventually... I just made space and love for him and what was going on. He stopped on his own. I did, and at that point, I didn't even need him to stop. You know, it wasn't even about me. And he said, I got what I needed, and then his energy was available for something else. So sometimes, you know, that love and that, that, that orientation, that even when it seems like it's just you, you're actually holding your partner in your highest regard as well, and you become a we in that sense. So this one to tango... Yeah isn't necessarily a separation. It's an alignment with the other person and, and being curious about their soul and their needs, correct? Well, the, yes. See, the goal is not to be two separate tangoers. What fun would that be? Yeah. The goal is to be close and connected and loving, but you have to be close and connected to yourself first. Yeah. You have to have a voice. You have to have a vision. 
you have to have some courage and fortitude and take risks and challenge things. We, we make these unwritten rules in relationships. We're never going to talk about that. And if I talk about this, she's going to roll her eyes, and then I'm not going to do this or that. We make up all this stuff, and then we live too small. So, you know, if we go back to that lovely little interaction with your husband, part of what happened there, I'm guessing, is A, whatever the big stressor was, was possibly relieved. But also, he felt closer and connected to you rather than, you know, being kind of balled up and feeling alone. Um, I, I worked with someone yesterday where he said, she just drives me crazy. She starts nitpicking. And, you know, I went through, like, so tell me what's true here. And he listed out all the things that are true. But the thing that he left out was, when you're nitpicking me, I want to run away from you, and I'd rather actually figure out how to be close to you. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and so I said, how about you be close to her when she's nitpicking? Why would I do that? Well, you want to be close to her. So how about she's nitpicking, and you say, yeah, I know, the house is really messy, and it's overwhelming to you. I don't think we're going to be able to do anything about that right now, but I do know I care about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's Absolutely. Like, yeah, and that is not far-fetched, people. When we slow down and really genuinely care and remember that we care about our partner, we want to get more information, and how can I be in service to what your pain is? That's uh, right. How can I be with yeah, you? Yeah. But, but, this, but this with business That's right. is, is tricky because yeah. we're not talking about... Um, you know, being a pair of clones. Yeah. We're going to be right back right after the break. Okay. More about what makes couples happy when we return right here on Mary and Life. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No No More More Love Love Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerata is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.MarianneLive.com, core certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.MarianneLive.com 
What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. We are so glad you're here. Yes, relationships are hard, and they're worth it. We're going to do the work. We're doing it together. Pick up a copy of Winifred's book right now. It takes one to tango. Go online. They're available wherever wherever fine books are, are sold. We're coming to the top of the hour, Winifred. We want to move now into a little bit of a new direction, um, and I'm going to let you take the lead here, and that's your cue, the lead. Okay. <laughs> we, were, we were talking in the break about, you know, that there was this wonderful moment in my, in my relationship, so I embarked on this experiment just to focus on myself, change the things that I do, change the negative things that I do, add more positive things, change the way I react, drop my end of the tug-of-war rope when we were in our usual tug-of-war, and things really started to change. But the best thing, which was a thing that I knew in theory but I hadn't been expecting, was that my husband actually began changing too, and not because I was telling him to, and not changing in the ways that I uh, expected, but it began with things like uh, friends were over and they were getting into a big argument about something which was, uh, what's the difference between few and several? <laughs> they were very important. Uh, an important hair to And after, after they left, he, he looked at me and he said, so tell me the truth. Do you think I'm more or less stubborn than Kate? <laughs> it was like he, was just, he, was, he had watched her and he started thinking, I think I look like that. And I thought, mm, I said to him, well, I don't know, I, think, I don't think there's a front runner, but honestly, I think you and I are both as stubborn as each other. You know, and we started oh. to talk about these things, or he, he interrupted pro- things that he would do, times he was being defensive. He would just pause and undo them. This was, not a, I didn't, this was not a plan. This is not a thing we sat down and hammered out from now on when, when you don't like what's going on, you're going to reflect. You know, it, was just, mm-hmm. it just started to happen organically because that's how systems change. Mm-hmm. It's an ecosystem. You start to change one part of a system, and the system starts to change. You, you know, it's like you clean up one part of a, a polluted lake, and then fish start to appear on the other side. And that's really how this thing works. It's kind of miraculous and yet scientifically proven. Yeah, absolutely. And so here we are, and we've got lots of hope now. I do, anyway. <laughs> like It's there. lovely to have some power when, when you feel uh, disempowered and helpless. Yeah, absolutely. And so identifying what's going on, uh, looking at the possibilities that change uh, actually happens, um, nece- not necessarily because we say something, but it actually is in our actions, right? It's uh, one of my favorite co- quotes, by the way, I want to repeat for people to write down. I'm going to put it on our blog is, who you are is your essential self. What you do can change, right? Yep. This is a really important uh, takeaway today as well. And then uh, there is a chapter in your book where you talk about 
um, things that other couples do that make them feel happy. Like starting with oneself, let's let's review some of those. Things that people do, like how if I had one guy who whose wife was like a whirlwind kind of busy, and he realized that he could make himself happy by accepting the fact that this was that this was joyful to her, and he began that he could not be so overwhelmed by her activities. He likened it to. Uh, people who live near train tracks, and eventually you don't hear them anymore, and you can quiet down yourself. So he took a hold of himself. People make themselves happy by ex- by recognizing that some of the things that their partner does—they run marathons, they read a lot of books—bring them a lot of joy. And so I don't want my husband to read fewer books. Uh, you know, if I'm missing him, I want to spend more time. But I love that he's somebody who learns and reads. But yeah. sometimes I'm, you know, sometimes it's, he's not engaged with me doing it. Right. That we make ourselves happy by doing the things that make us happy and by reaching out. I mean, again, the end result of all of this is to have a vibrant and loving relationship, to be generous, to come from a whole generosity and not being, not giving uh, you know, resentfully, but to, but yielding and being loving and affectionate. And I, I say to people, say yes as often as you can, because sometimes you're going to have to say no. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite parts in the whole book is this uh, piece of that happiness is optional. Just to the other side of this conversation, you know, I, I think that there's so many of us think that that we should be happy all the time. And actually, you remind us that research has shown that our brains are naturally wired towards uh, seeing what's wrong, to be vigilant. Sure, happiness, we have to learn. So it's not, it, yes, it's, it's optional for our brains. Like, who needs it? You know, we don't need happiness to survive, it, it really in the literal sense, but we need happiness to thrive, and we have to cultivate it. We have to bring our mind to the things that are good. We have to we have to work on it. We have to because otherwise we're going to focus on you're annoying me and this bothers me and why aren't you looking at me while you talk? Yeah, yeah. we're coming up to the top of the hour here, Winifred. Uh, what do you want to leave us with today? I want to leave you with my opening line from the book, which is no matter how far you have gone down the wrong road, you can turn around. Mm-hmm. That there is that people should not give up on difficult relationships. And the last line of the book is somebody has to take the first step toward change, toward difference, toward a greater vision. Why don't why not let that person be you? Mm-hmm. Oh, gorgeous words to end on. Thank you so much for your research, your personal research for your vulnerability, your expertise, and for joining us today. Yes, and you can find more about my book on my website, com, and I have a blog, Speaking of Marriage, and I've had years of articles there about all kinds of subjects, all of them leading in the same direction, figuring out how to be a leader, a strong person, have a good relationship, satisfying life right out of my mouth. For more information about Winifred, go to one tangocom for more information or go to MarianLive.com if you are not near a pen or your phone. Uh, we can always put you in the right direction. All right, everybody, sit tight. We'll this be back for a It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Winifred. Come back and join us anytime. Can-
everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Wow, everybody, who didn't need that? You're married, you're having troubles, you know somebody who is, you want to get a copy of Winfred's book. In either case, it's good to have on the shelf. And it's time, it's that time of year, at least over here in the United States, if you're listening abroad uh, or in Australia, it's uh, a different time of year. We get married over here in the United States a lot during the spring and summer months. So uh, on deck next time, James Cordova, the marriage checkup. I've got marriage on my mind, and I'm trying to bring it to you right here on Marion Live. Uh, don't forget that we have an aid for you here. Our Great Relationships Begin Within Divination Deck is available for you. So helpful for so many couples. My husband and I created it for that purpose, to help you come together and do uh, cultivate a self-inquiry practice in your relationship. Check it out online at Marion Live. And uh, last part of our practice today, go do something good for somebody else and don't let them know you did it. I wish you every blessing until we meet again next week, same time, same place. Take care until then.